Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Wrapping up the week this week, as always with me, Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, Master of the Universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners. I'm a member, you should be a member by now. And actually, I'm not just a member, I showed up this morning, I did Hugh's show and had a blast, Dwayne. Well, yeah, I mean, there's members and there's, and there's members. You are, you are, you are definitely a member if you actually host a dumb show. Yes, you are, you are part of the part of the team. Uh, it was a fun show that we did this morning. I think it was. It was. I'm actually a dues-paying member, by the way. I've signed up for this. You know, I signed up for this years ago, and it's. Uh, I'm happy to pay the dues for this. So, you know, people who sign up for VIP on our side and the universe, you're going to get lots of great content either way. So, um, and by the way, Dwayne's also a VIP producer at hot air. And if, he's, uh, if you, if you, uh, if you subscribe to VIP and the universe, you get a double dose of me. That's true. That's true. And me for that matter. <laughs> and you for that matter. Yes, that's exactly right. But this is in the clear, which is great. Um, and uh, we're going to have more on how to sign up for VIP probably at the end of this podcast. Uh, so stay tuned on that. Um, lots of great content, you know, I'm still doing the stuff with, uh, Adam Baldwin and that's, that's a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that that's really taking off now. I think we've really found our sweet spot. Adam, Adam and I were talking about this Dwayne, and he says that he's really comfortable with the idea that I'm the play-by-play announcer on issues and he's the color commentator. So oh, we're trying to do be. Oh, as it we should were, be. We yeah, were trying to do Monday Night Football. The, yeah. You're the, you're the straight man by all means. Yeah. I'm Frank Giffords or Frank Gifford. And uh, and he's uh, Howard Cosell. <laughs> I think that's what we decided. Oh yeah, I mean your your job is to hit the brake and 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 try to keep it within the the lane and give him enough runway to to let Adam be Adam. That's that's awesome. exactly how that should be. Absolutely. And Adam Adam being Adam is just it's just a blast. I mean I'm having so much fun doing these things with him. It is such a blast. We're taking next week off because we're both on vacation next week. Uh, but, uh, so I'm going to miss that, but when we get back, we'll, we'll do one more before the midterms and we'll probably focus on that. We're going to focus on the midterms now because Dwayne, I am shocked, shocked to find Republican momentum suddenly right before these, right before these midterm elections, all of a sudden Republican momentum. Are you stunned about Republican momentum? Because that's the narrative right now. (laughs) Well, you see, here's the thing is it's one of three things, right? It's either one, the polls are moving towards uh, the Republicans in the closing weeks because there is a, a genuine surge and there and all the independents are breaking towards the Republicans because of uh, economic issues and you know people paying attention and they're finally saying, okay, I've had it. I just spent 200 bucks in gas. I, I just spent you know $300 for what used to cost me you know under 200 for for grocery bills. It, I've had it. We got to have a change, and it's all last minute break towards Republicans. That's one possibility. The second possibility is it was always this direction, and the right. pollster and 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 media uh, cabal was trying to do a Jedi mind trick and will it to be so that it wasn't going to be so bad and will Republicans to, well, damn it, if we can't have a wave in this kind of a year because the polling showing it's not making any difference, well, damn it, I might as well not even vote. So there's there's that narrative and the the, the media saying, 
okay, well, that didn't work. Uh, we're seeing the same polling data that everybody else is seeing. And we're uh, uh, on record right now as saying that Democrats are going to hold the Senate. They're going to hold, you know, possibly the House. And, and, and it's not going to be as bad. We better get on the right side of this or nobody's ever going to trust us again. So they're squaring up to reality, which is showing a, a move to the Republicans. So there's that possibility. So that's two. The third possibility right. is this a mix of both. And I think it's a mix of both. I think... I think any undecideds are no longer undecided. I don't think there's an undecided in this midterm left in America. I think if there was any undecideds over the last two weeks, they broke the Republican way. Uh, well, I mean, you, you'd expect that, though. I mean, you would expect undecideds to break against the party in power in a midterm cycle. It doesn't matter which, what the midterm cycle is. Which is why, historically, if you are a, a, a midterm president, in, in an off-year election cycle, you tend to get slaughtered because people aren't happy with the things, uh, with, with the way things are, and they're going to vote a change. That's 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 kind of why historically that happens. It's only, uh, you know, you can only point to a couple of examples. I think George W. Bush in 2002, Republicans uh, made gains in in those midterms. And that was kind of an, an anomaly, uh, largely because the Democrats were blocking his judges and things like that. And after after the, the 2001 attack, people kind of right. wanted to stay the course. Uh, but outside of that, historically, presidents in their first congressional midterm, they get hammered. Well, and there's a reason for that. Now, I forget where I was reading this. It's worth keeping in mind, too, that it, it applies in this cycle is that generally speaking, presidents in their first term are usually coming into a friendlier Congress, right, with a mandate, you know, to do whatever it is that they campaign to do. And they tend to overreach because almost always they misread the mandate. I mean, almost always, right? They overreach, they, 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 they misread the mandate in, in, a, in a particular way. And, and boy, did they do that this time around. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean this the is mandate, steroids, the, yeah. It, the, the mandate to Joe Biden and the mandate to the Democrats was to do one thing and one thing only. They only had a mandate to do one thing. Don't, don't be, be Trump. Trump. Yeah, don't be Donald Trump. That was it. That was their entire mandate. Leave and everything else alone. Be a caretaker. Don't do anything. Don't touch anything. Just don't be Trump. Yeah, you know, and they should have gotten a signal on that when Democrats actually lost seats in the House. They lost, I think, what was it, somewhere between 12, 12 and 14 seats in the House in a cycle that elected a, a, a Democratic president, a, you know, first term Democratic president. Right. And they only had a five seat majority in, in the House. Right. But they governed like they had, you know, a, a 50 seat majority in the House and a, and a you know, a a 60 and 60 seats in the Senate. And so, yeah, lots of overreach that applies too. but I think it's, I think it's more than that. And that's the reason why I'm a little, I, I'm still a little skeptical that this is a sudden shift. I think most of this has been there all along. I think that they, there, there's a cultural overreach that's going on here. I think that there is a cultural arrogance that is actively burning down the credibility of the Democrat party. And we, we started seeing it last year. In Virginia and New Jersey, yes. and it didn't show up in the polls. Yeah, and, up, and I, think, I think I think pollsters have consistently underestimated how pissed off suburban parents are across the country. Parents, 
I, I, I can't remember which poll it was, but there was a poll this week that surveyed um, households with kids, parent, parents with, with kids. And it's staggering how much uh, Republicans are favored uh, over Democrats because of the education issue. Pollsters have consistently missed that because I don't think parents are talking to pollsters. Um, it's 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 going to be a wipeout um, on economic grounds, which is a top line issue. But if you really want to uh, look at, at at the engine that's helping drive that wave, it's not just gas prices. It's not just the the obvious stuff. It's parents that are pissed off. I, I've 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 said this on and off for the last couple of weeks, and it's it's no less true today than it was then. We are seeing an election cycle that we have not seen in my adult lifetime. We have seen cycles where there is a wave for one side or the other because one party is perceived by the electorate, a good chunk of the electorate, as either effing with them personally, effing yep. with their uh, livelihood, or effing with their kids. With right? their kids especially. With their kids, especially. Right. So, so, but normally one party gets itself in trouble and, and faces a wave of some kind when it does any one of those three with the electorate. If the electorate thinks that, that, you know, one side or the other is coming after them on their, their, their source of employment and shutting down their industry or shutting down their, their way to make a living or, uh, shutting down um, how they live their life uh, in a personal way, you know, tax hikes, things like that, right? Or 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 school, you know, any one of those three legs of the stool. If if the Democrats or the Republican Party is perceived to be coming at that uh, the, the majority of Americans based on one of those three legs, they're usually going to get shellacked at the at the uh, at, at the next midterm election or the next you know full presidential election. We are seeing the Democratic Party systemically attack all three legs of that stool in this election cycle. And I don't remember seeing all three legs attacked in the same cycle so maliciously. It, yeah. it's, it's political suicide by the Democrats what's happening. Well, and you're starting to see it now in the polls, which is the reason why we, we're touching this off is because we're starting to see a lot of polls that suddenly show a lot of new uh, momentum towards Republicans. W you know, while we were on the air, the Emerson, uh, Emerson College poll came out and it showed Republicans suddenly going from tied with Democrats on the generic ballot to uh, plus five and Joe Biden at a minus four on his job approval to minus 14, I believe it was. I mean, and this is just a one month change, right? Now, Emerson <clears throat> is usually not a bad pollster. And I don't necessarily want to bag on the pollsters. I was reminded by a friend of mine today that most of the problems with polling analysis is, are the analysts rather than the pollsters. But that's an awfully large jump in a single month without really a, you know, there wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't like suddenly, you know, uh, uh, there, there was some sort of sudden change in the environment. I mean, this is, I mean, inflation's been the same, everything's been the same, but all of a sudden the polls look worse. And you can chalk that up to, well, people are coming home on, on the issues. I don't think that was it. I, I'm suspicious of that. So that's one poll, right? And we're seeing Monmouth was, you know, R plus six yesterday. Well, and, and of course, and of course, the one this week that was just the, the you know, the, the backbreaker, the killer for the Democrats was the New York Times Siena poll. 
Right. And you and, you and I talked about that. And, and it was R plus four, by the way, in that one. Yeah. And Sienna's and, not not a Republican friendly outfit either. Not not at all. And and uh, you know it plays into your strategy about how you know, this is probably this way all along. It couldn't be that big of a jump. But in that New York Times Siena poll this week, it showed independent women as being for Democrats by 14 points a month ago. And yep. the current one this week, the same independent women have now apparently moved towards Republicans by 18. That's a 32 point swing in a month. Yeah, that, I mean, that's women. suspicious. I'm sorry, that's suspicious. I I, you know, I, okay. I understand, but but what that what that means is going to your point, they probably were with Republicans all the way along. Right. That's my that's my that's my suspicion. That's why I call it suspicious. But what because I wanted right now are, wanted, are coming down to the wire. They they know that their predictive modeling is going to get judged based on how close they are to the midterm results, and so they're making the adjustments here at the at the very end. Um, and I would say, especially the media commission polls are probably the guiltiest about this. I think they were polling to the narrative and now they're polling to the results. Yes, I, I, I think so, too. Now, you mentioned the the uh, generic ballot that Emerson came out with today at yep. Republicans plus five. Sean Trendy, who is an absolute data cruncher over real clear politics. Yeah, right? really good guy. Yep. Really good guy. We both know him, friend of ours, and he is just a numbers guy. He crunches the numbers, right? Right. He had, he had a series, a, a thread yesterday on Twitter, and he's got a piece actually at RCP. I don't have time, to obviously, to read the whole thing. You should go read it. It's very instructive. Um, he shows the Monmouth one is the most latest one. Uh, in fact, the Monmouth one showed uh, Republicans up six. The RCP average right now is 3.3. It's going to climb because of the Emerson one that came out today, right? It's going to work its right. way up. Um, but it says this actually doesn't shift the picture that much because of the valley that I described here. It, and he does a link to his piece. Right. But if things get much worse for Democrats and Republicans start to flip Biden uh, 55, 56, 57 seats in expectation, the losses can pile up very quickly. Basically, around a generic map of R plus five or a generic poll of R plus five, if that becomes the reality of election night nationwide, the average is Republicans are winning by a plus five or so, the levy breaks and the amount of losses that the Democrats have is no longer in the 25 to 30 range. It's in the forty-five to fifty range. There, there, there is a a huge uh, jump of seats that are available to flip that were previously thought not in the range of flipping when the 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 generic average uh, is R plus three or three and a half or four. You get right. to R plus five and you go from thirty seats flipping to fifty-five seats flipping. Right. So let me let me point out a couple of state polls, too, because I think this is interesting. First off, as we've been talking, Interactive Polls just tweeted this result out from Florida, the Florida poll by FAU, right? Okay. Um, Governor Ron DeSantis, 51-40 over Charlie Crist, 11 points. Senate, Marco Rubio over Val Demings by six, 48-42. Um, and then they do presidential polling 
Joe Biden loses both to Ron DeSantis and to Donald Trump in this poll, by the way. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. DeSantis, DeSantis, uh, DeSantis, 11 points over Charlie Chris. Now, that to me sounds like where the race was probably heading all along. And it helps that. Um, do you know how it helps, do you, do you, it helps do you that know? Ron DeSantis is, has been handling uh, Hurricane Ian so well that the media has stopped talking about Hurricane Ian. Do you know how I know that 11 points is probably accurate? Do you know, do you know who quit today? Uh, well, his uh, campaign manager quit for family reasons. That was last night, right? Chris, Char Chris, Chris's uh, campaign manager. I should be Char specific. Charlie Chris campaign manager quit last night, two yeah. weeks before two weeks before the election. Citing what shock! Now, citing family reasons, N needs needs to go spend more time with his family. Two weeks before an election. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh huh. He probably does. He probably does. So Florida Atlantic University, that's that's FAU is Florida Atlantic University. Right. Um, that, I think, is their first poll that's come out in this. But, I mean, you take a look at the other polls in here. Chris hasn't led a poll since the St. Pete poll in early August, and that was an outlier, right? Chris it's hasn't only led a poll. poll. Chris hasn't led a poll in Florida since Whistler was a pup. <laughs> Well, he won a congressional race there. So, you know, you, you, you got to give him that. But that's probably the only place he's leading <laughs> is in his old congressional district. And I'm not even sure that that's the case. I mean, Mason Dixon also had it at 11 points. Uh, Sienna, um, and this is almost a month ago, had DeSantis up eight. Um, and I think after Hurricane Ian, of course, I think that Flor uh, Floridians are probably going to give him a, a boost just simply because the state yeah. seems to handle the, the hurricane ex exceptionally well. I I have been asked, you know, since ever since since the big question that all of us pundits keep getting asked, I'm sure you get asked, I get asked yep. this all the time, is you know people want to know how big the wave's going to be. Number one, and if there's a bellwether to look for, if there's if there's somewhere on the east coast a race to to follow and track. That might be a, a canary in the coal mine to, to to see how good of a night it's going to be, right? Yeah, I, and it won't what, be DeSantis. DeSantis is going to crush Chris. We we knew that all along. So right. So 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 you tell me what your race is, and I'll tell you what my race is is, is to look as the bellwether. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I think it's probably going to be either the Michigan Michigan gubernatorial race. Um, or maybe even the Minnesota gubernatorial race, because Trafalgar just came back with a tie in Minnesota, where Republicans haven't won in, what, what, 16 years. They haven't won a statewide race in 16 years. Well, it, since Pawlenty, right? Since Pawlenty won re-election in 2006. Last one they right. won. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I necessarily set that up as a bellwether. I think that, you know, I believe a Republican can win a statewide election in Minnesota the first time they do it since 2006. But I'm kind of interested in this MERS Mitchell research poll that shows Whitmer only up two over Dixon in Michigan. And I'm curious as to whether or not even that might be overstating Whitmer's um, uh, popularity. Uh, David Strom is going to have, by the time this comes up, by the time we publish this, David Strom will have had a uh, really good uh, post on, on midterm uh, momentum in uh, among Republicans. And he, that's one of the races he's included. He's also including the Minnesota race. Um, I will tell you what race that you don't need to mark off as a, as another race you don't need to mark off as a bellwether, Dwayne. Okay. <laughs> Texas. 
No. There's a Not new poll all. out. There is a new poll out this morning from the University of Texas and Texas Tribune which is not necessarily a Republican-friendly series either. UT, Texas Trib. Texas Trib is a, is a you know, left-leaning publication anyway. Um, is, that is, shows, Ryan, is Ryan right. Francis O'Rourke within 10? No. Is he within 12? Well, he is within 12. He's, at, he's 11 okay. points down in this UT, Texas, slash Texas Tribune poll. 54-43. Uh, now, the reason why I think this is notable is that the UT Texas and Texas Trib ran the same poll seven weeks ago, and uh, Beto was within five points of Greg Abbott, and Democrats were going, oh, here we go. Here we go. He's the closer. He's closing on Greg Abbott. Um, he was never that close. Not so much. He was never that close. No. Uh, can I give you what my bellwether is? Yeah, give, give us your bellwether. New Hampshire Senate. Yeah, that one's interesting, right? Because that was one that it looked like Republicans had thrown away, thanks to Maggie Hassan's Aiken strategy, right? Uh, Correct. You know, floating up the most uh, the most unelectable re Republican to get the nomination. But do you know what the latest interactive poll? Did you see the the IA poll that came out this morning, an hour ago? I, I have not seen it. No. Okay. As of an hour ago, according to this poll. Maggie Hassan is at 49. Don Bulldock is at 47. It's a two-point race. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, here's a two-point race in a really bad environment for Democrats, too. So bear that in mind as well. And 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 so so here's my premise. Watch New Hampshire, because that one will be theoretically decided early. Going into this, Maggie Hassan was supposed to beat Don Bulldock by outside. A country mile. By a by country mile. well outside country margin of error. Right? Yeah. If they would have, if they would have, uh, you know, if 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 Republicans would have nominated Chuck Morris, then that's a real dogfight, and I think Chuck Morris beats her. And I think I think Easily. the Democrats, I think the Democrats knew that. That's why they they went all in on Bulldog, and uh, and sided with him, got him the nomination along with uh, with uh, some Republicans and. Now, all of a sudden, they're crying mud democracy, but they supported the mud democracy guy. Um, they, they, they put millions of dollars into lifting Bolduck over, um, over Morse. Chuck Morris, right. Yeah. But they're supposed to beat him like a bongo drum now, right? And all of a sudden, right. it's a two-point race. And Bolduck well, you know, has... You know, Trafalgar three weeks ago had it as a three-point race. Trafalgar was ahead of the curve on this. Trafalgar I, was. I, I get it. I get it. But ago. what I'm saying is, is if we're watching election night, and in New Hampshire, Bulldog is is actually either closing, and he's right there, and it's too close to call, and it goes down to the wire. Even if he loses, which in this kind of a cycle and turnout, God only knows what happens. But Especially in New Hampshire, which is really tough to predict anyway. You can't predict it. But what I'm saying is, is if, if we go into election night and they can't make that call in New Hampshire early and give that to, if they can't signal Maggie Hassan wins easily and maybe this wave thing is off, if it's too close to call or if, if dear God, if Bulldog is actually ahead of her as the vote count goes up, and they've yep. got to hold that open, and and he's technically ahead of her, and and they're they're waiting for absentees and stuff to count. We're in for a big night because I mean, I, 
my my overall take on this so far is you know the 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 over under is 52 and a half for for uh, Republicans in the Senate. Nevada is a sure thing, right? Right. Nevada is as sure of a thing as you're going to be able to get. I I, I, I don't think that I don't think uh, that Democrats are salvaging. Uh, Nevada, I'm actually, I actually suspect that they're not going to salvage Mark Kelly in Arizona either, not in this environment. So if that's, if that's two pickups there, I think, I think uh, Herschel Walker closes the deal in, in uh, Georgia. I think he, uh, he rode that, that October hit. Um, and yeah. what you see from, what you see from Raphael Warnock now is he's dodging the media. He's dodging all sorts of things. He's trying to, 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 you know, Keep, keep stiff arm away from the from the scandal with his church and the eviction stuff. He's he's nowhere right now, and the closing message that Herschel Walker just ran was of Coach Vince Dooley in in uh, in Georgia. It was a phenomenal ad. Yep. Um, so I think I think you got to flip there. So you've got three there. If we've got a good night, a good wave, you're talking Colorado comes. If you're talking a great night. Then you're looking at Washington flipping, and you've got you've got um, uh, uh, Smiley, um, Tiffany, Smiley, yeah, Tiffany, Tiffany Smiley, Smiley against uh, Patty in, in Washington. Yeah. And I mean, if it's a if it's a, a, a you know a Noah, not a Noah, a um, a Moses uh, holding back the Red Sea biblical flood uh, about ready to to descend. Or Noah's flood. Then I know it works in that sense. Or, or, yeah. or, Noah, or Noah's flood. Then then you've got uh, then you've got Bulldog in in New Hampshire as well. You could. You, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, especially if that generic congressional ballot is up to a, an R plus five and it gets there this weekend and it stays up there close to the election. You could have you could have Republicans with a with a bloodbath in the Senate. You could have a you could yeah. have a fifty six forty Senate. It's not it's not outside the realm of possibility. No, it's not. No, it's not outside the realm of possibility. And so, I think so. I, I think Oz at, comes across the line even in a even in a moderate wave. I think Oz comes across the line now in Pennsylvania. So they're not going to lose that seat. I think Tim Ryan's going down in Ohio. They're not going to lose. Johnson, that Ron Johnson holds that. Seat oh, Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson's already up like five or six points. That was before before uh, the wave. Well, that was before also that uh, you know people started digging around in Mandela Barnes's uh, Twitter feed and found him praising uh, you know Ali oh, and I, uh, yeah and uh, and uh, Bashar and, Assad and wanting to work in Havana because of the Castros. <laughs> this and, guy's a nutcase. He he is he is a nutcase, and 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 Bud in North Carolina is going to beat Sherry Beasley. I mean, it's yeah, we're going to hold so. we're going to hold all the seats we need to hold. But I, I mean, I'm I'm seeing a minimum two, probably three, could be four, outside chance of five. And if it's if if this holds in New Hampshire, that's to me the one to watch. If right. Bulldog pulls out this thing in spite of not having any money and not having a campaign uh, uh, structure of, of any of any uh, seriousness, and just because of the wave, he's got an R next to his name and New Hampshire says, screw it, vote her out. It, it's Katie Barr the door of the rest of the country, right? I mean, yeah, I think Dem so. Democrats, if, if Bulldog is ahead, even if they can't call it, but if he's ahead with 95% of the vote in, and they've got to hold it open, waiting for hopefully you know a thousand absentees coming in to put uh, to, to give it to Hassan in overtime. 
But but if that's the case, Democrats are going to dive out the farking window all, yeah. over the rest of the country because of that. Well, you know, it, it, what it looks like to me is 2014. Right? It does this look looks, like 2014. This looks a lot like 2014. And the political environment wasn't even that bad for Democrats in 2014. Because they didn't attack all three legs of the stool at the same time. Right. But 2014 turned out to be a very bad cycle, and nobody saw the Senate flip coming, uh, at least not on the scale that that it, it that it actually flipped. I think Republicans right. flipped eight seats in that cycle. Nobody had that one on their bingo card. At least nobody in the media had that one on their which, bingo card. I don't think which, we expected it. Right. That's 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 exactly no, no. I mean, it was it was a better night than than Republicans could have dreamed. Yeah. Another metric that's out there, our friend Josh Kroshauer pointed to, and that is uh the ad in uh ad uh, interactive um the, the one that tracks which parties are spending ad money in different markets where and when right the democrats have pulled funding out of two different races in california in they they, they pulled out of a d plus nine district no i'm sorry yeah. a d plus five district they pulled out of a d plus five district to play, uh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. D plus, I had it right the first time. A D plus nine district. That's what I thought, yeah. To try to save and assign those resources to a D plus 13 district. Yeah. These these are districts that Biden won a year and three quarters ago by plus nine and plus 13. And Democrats are pulling $500,000 from a D plus nine Democrat trying to run for re-election. Yep in order to try to, to, to fire stop, firewall a D plus 13 district. That's, that's not a sign of strength going into, the, going into the last two weeks. Not at all, no. And I mean, you had the Washington Post today. I have a post coming up about this. It'll be, it's not up as we're speaking, but it'll be up probably shortly uh, thereafter. Um, Washington Post has a piece up today wondering where all the Democrat leadership is at because they're not out on the campaign trail. And, uh, you know, you and I played that clip from Joe Biden. Count it, kid. I've made 15 appearances. We talked about this on the Hugh Hewitt show today, too, right? 15 out of somewhere around, what, 500 races he could be making appearances in is not an impressive uh, sight. And um, it's not just the Washington Post, by the way. It's also the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Karen's got a post coming up about that later on this afternoon. Yes. About, yes. about none of the Democratic leadership is showing up in, in Georgia either. They're all AWOL. Why? Because yeah, they're, all, they're all poison. They're absolute box office poison on the campaign trail. I mean, you put Chuck Schumer on the stage with you, and you may as well just go ahead and write your concession speech right now. And that's what made the... Um, Yesterday's appearance by Joe Biden in, in Pennsylvania is so weird. We talked about this today, too. In fact, we talked oh, about yeah. it at length on, on the Hugh Hewitt show. It was weird. It didn't make any sense at all, except for desperation by Team Fetterman to to distract people from the um, from the, you know, the, the cognitive issues and the, and the capability issues that are going on there. It was mad. It was mad. It was mutual assured desperation. <laughs> well, I like that, Matt. Mutually assured desperation, I think, is is a pretty good description of this. Now, I think what happened is that Joe Biden 
was going to make an appearance in Pennsylvania no matter what. This is a damn the torpedoes. I'm Scranton Joe. I'm showing up in Pennsylvania because, damn it, I know that I'm popular there, which he's not, right? Which is right along with Joe Biden's other smart ideas in, um, uh, in office. But Shapiro, Josh Shapiro is running about eight points ahead of Doug Mastriano, right? And he's probably run, he's, running, he's running eight points ahead of Mastriano, and he's running about 400 miles away from Joe Biden, where right, he's at. Right. So he didn't come within he didn't come within 100 miles of this event yesterday. And for really good reason. But there's Fetterman who shows up, but not but won't interact with the reporters there because they're there to celebrate at a rally that was intended to lift up John Fetterman, right? I mean, it was strange. I, and the I cannot that remember. That they must be that, that they, their internal polling must really be looking bad. I cannot <laughs> remember another time in American politics that a president comes to campaign for a candidate for something. And at the rally where he comes to uh, campaign for this, this individual, that individual does not grab the mic and share the stage and share the credibility of the president endorsing him. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word to the media. He said nothing. His wife, his wife said, we won't be answering questions today at an event to generate vote turnout for, for John Fetterman. It's, it was just remarkable. It's bizarre. It it, the whole thing's bizarre. And you and I talked about after seeing this, there is no way John Fetterman shows up for that debate next week. Now, I'm going to be I, gone next week, so we won't get a chance to talk about it afterwards. But. I will eat my hat if if he actually agrees to that debate and does his best and, and limps through an hour, even with his prompter or whatever else he needs to do to be able to interpret what's being, what questions, you know, they got to type out the question so he can read it. Whatever, what, There's no way he's going to do that, and and we know how he's not going to do it. The night before, he's going to say, boy, I'd love to do this. I tested positive for COVID. I got the COVIDs. I I, I got the COVIDs. Nobody can question it. Nobody can challenge it. Nobody's going to say, show me the stick. Show show me the show me the show me the 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 actual strip that that shows you're positive. Show me the COVID test. That's not how this works in America. If if you test positive, all you have to do is say, I tested positive and, and I got to self-isolate and you get a you get a instant pass by all of society, work, school or otherwise. And you get to stay home and you got a five day vacation. Yep. He's I mean, going to, he, he's and you don't even have to be symptomatic to get it. You just have right. to say, I tested positive. I feel fine. I feel great. I'm vaccinated. I'm positive. I, I, I don't want to get anybody else sick. So I, I got, I got to, I got to, I got to stay out of things for a while. I got to, I got to think of my other people. So he's going to, he's going to get the COVID next, next Wednesday night. It's just, it's just going to happen. There's, there's no other logical way for him to get out of this debate and not make a complete and total horse's ass out of himself. Yeah. They're not going to let him on that stage. Not a chance. Not, Not a chance. Now, if I'm if I'm Dr. Roz, I go forward with it anyway. Yeah, so that's fine. We'll we'll do it ourselves, and we'll just we'll just play clips of what John Fetterman has said in the past on on these issues. We'll just we'll we'll just bring some receipts, and 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 you know, honestly, show, and he, show the empty podium. Yeah, and honestly, if he ducks if he ducks out of the debate. 
for whatever reason, and it's going to be obvious, if he just naturally has COVID, draft the luck, draft the timing, it's, that's nobody's going to buy it. I mean, everybody's going to know what, what the score is here. And um, I think he's he's going to suffer the same fate as, as Katie Hobbs is, is facing out in Arizona. Yep. But he doesn't have a choice because if he does and he absolutely lays an egg and shows that he can't do the job, the disaster will be worse for him than if he than if he runs and hides. Um, I, I think he's doomed either way. I really do. I, yeah. I, I think uh, Pennsylvania polling is underrepresenting Republicans. Uh, they've historically underrepresented uh, Republicans in the last three election cycles by something like 5.9 points. So if they now have that race as a straight up uh, toss up, which I don't remember which one it was, but one of them came out this week and showed it at 46-46. That was uh, Fox 29 Insider Advantage. uh, Right, so it's a a straight pick them at this point. Yeah, Um, Trafalgar a week ago had it uh, Fetterman plus two, but I mean, right now it's within the margin of error, right? All things within the margin of error. And if you're looking at the RCP adjust, on this, which, you know, they're trotting this out. I'm not necessarily. Oh, I like them trying it. I, I, yeah, like, them. I, yeah. I like the concept behind it. They're showing this as a GOP hold. They're yes. showing Oz up. When you adjust, Oz is up 2.4. See, that's, you see, that's what I was thinking is, is if he's down two, he's probably up three. You know, yeah, based, it's, on, it's... based on prior underestimations of Republican turnout in Pennsylvania, um, I would say probably particularly um, the 2018 and 2020 cycles, maybe not so much the 2016 cycle, but they're projecting this as Oz up two and a half points and it's a GOP hold. And I yeah. think if, I think if Fetterman bails out of that, that, that debate, it's going to, they're going to crater. Gonna go, they're already it, starting to crater. That's the reason why he showed up at that Biden event yesterday. Right. I think it's, I think it's going to fall outside of margin bear at that point. Um, but if he, if he were to stay in and debate, and have one of those oh my god moments you know he's you know he's really not up to this um you know he doesn't just crater i mean the floor falls out from under him yep yep absolutely all right Dwayne. well we're coming up to the end of this podcast but uh you know that happen i man i'll tell you we got so much stuff we did so much stuff on the Hugh Hewitt show this morning, and we got so much stuff here today. You've got an after show tonight, right? Or, or do you think Friday's off now? No, okay, no, no, yeah, no, James no. Lilacs on, right? Uh, Lilacs will be around, and we will do a Baker's Dozen, uh, an inflation-adjusted uh, Baker's Dozen. We, we, we rolled this out last week. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to be doing inflation-adjusted Baker's Dozens uh, until the election, which is instead of 13 stories, it's, it's more like 11.5. Yeah, shrinkflation. Yes, You're doing shrinkflation. Yeah, we're, we're doing shrinkflation. We're, we're giving you, we're, we're calling it a baker's dozen, but it's really about 11 and a half stories. Shrinkflation hits uh, the after show. Yes, uh, yes. All right. It's actually kind of funny. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's a great, it's, it's a, it's a great uh, bit. Uh, that's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time, by the way. If you're a member of the Huniverse, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com, you can watch this live and, uh, or listen to it either way. Um, and, uh, you can also go back and listen to my, uh, my Hugh Hewitt show via the podcasting on, on the universe. And, uh, you know, we, since this is Friday, we can't talk about, you know, what's coming up next on the Hugh Hewitt show, but we can tell you, you gotta be a member of the universe because you do get to watch that live 
you get to get access to all of the different um, historical uh, episodes of the Hugh Hewitt show and the after show. And you get a chance to join the chat and have all sorts of fun there. I, I had a blast in the chat at the universe. So be sure to do that. Dwayne, Generalissimo Patterson, I guess I'm, we're not going to be doing one next week because I'll be on vacation. But next time out, we'll do another wrap up of the midterms because we will it will be the Friday before uh, the big day. Yeah. And I mean, we will have all sorts of fresh data, uh, final, final closing data, uh, polling out. It's, it's going to be grand. I can't wait. And we will make predictions in the oh, next. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now we'll Absolutely. be making predictions. We, we, we our, our two cents will be fully, uh, laid out on the table and we will make all of our calls, all of our picks state by state. You bet. All right. Dwayne generally generally smoke Patterson. Easy for me to say. Thanks so much for being with us. We will talk to you again next week, sir. See you in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned for one more message from the Ed Morrissey show. This is Ed Morrissey of hotair.com for town hall. One Democrat candidate for the Senate used Twitter to praise Iranian terror state Supreme leader Ali Khamenei, wished he could meet with Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad and proposed to work in Havana as an American diplomat. Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin is not your father's Democrat. Neither is Pennsylvania's John Fetterman, who wants to let murderers out of prison because he watched the Shawshank Redemption. Nor, for that matter, is Georgia's Raphael Warnock, who claims God has endorsed abortion. All of these Senate candidates are radical leftists, not the kind of Democrats we used to know in days gone by. They want to push Joe Biden's progressive agenda even further to the left. None of these candidates should come within a country mile of power. Voters have an opportunity to ensure they don't. By voting in the upcoming elections, make your vote count for America. I'm Ed Morrissey. Thank you for watching or listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through the Town Hall Media Player, or you can just come to hotair.com and watch my podcast for free. However, I'd also love to have you join us as members of our VIP and VIP Gold programs. That allows us to defeat the stranglehold that big tech has on information and get you the best information that we possibly can. Plus, we have a lot of new value-added content coming to us from Town Hall Media uh, stars and my good friend Adam Baldwin. He and I are doing the video series, The Amiable Skeptics. It's one hour of discussion a week strictly for our VIP and VIP Gold members. Plus, we have our VIP Gold chat with Kim Edwards every Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. We'd love to have you as members. Be sure to join up. Thanks again for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast.